We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey everyone, welcome to the Rotor Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Thursday, it's October 27th, that is 2022. We are here talking NFL today. We have week eight, we got um, 11 games. And I'm excited. I mean, there's only only so many weeks in a row that I can get bit by the injury bug in the NFL. <laughs> um, so... I am I'm excited for football this weekend. I think that this slate's a lot of fun. Maybe it's because my Dolphins are playing Detroit and that makes me excited just to watch that game and play a lot of DFS in that game. But it, I mean, we have a we have a terrible I don't even know if I'd say terrible. Terrible Thursday night football game. And then the London game isn't the greatest game in the world. But we were talking about it pre-show and no josh allen no patrick mahomes no lamar jackson on the slate um so on that aspect and no herbert so a lot of top end top 10 quarterbacks off of the off the main slate this week so i mean that makes it exciting um ways to potentially get different this week um even burrow's not on the main slate so yep uh, excited for that join today as always by my co-host uh keith eister eyes 819 keith week seven in the books can't believe we're already talking week eight nfl yeah almost halfway through right um crazy how fast the weeks start flying by but i think you made a great point about this slate just overall um a lot of elite quarterbacks missing we talked about that a little bit last week um, but we still had joe burrow in a great spot we both loved him he absolutely smashed uh, you advised me not to run it back or not to play Mariota with any pass catchers. I did not listen to your advice, uh, and that cost me big time. In tournaments last week, I had a ton of Joe Burrow, but it was connected to Kyle Pitts or Drake London, and that did not work out at all. They both fell flat. Atlanta is just clearly not going to throw the ball, so uh, I'm fully on board with that take now. Shame on me, but could have been a good week. Uh, was all over Travis Etienne. He ended up playing 80% of the snaps. 
had a had a fantastic game, good enough where they felt they could trade James Robinson. Um, who else got on a bunch of DJ Moore after McCaffrey um, got traded? So that that worked out really well. He had a ton of targets, was really cheap, and then all the running backs smashed. I had a, a bunch of Jacobs and a bunch of Eckler. It was really close to a good week, but it was just that one Atlanta piece and those good lineups that that really killed me last week. Yeah, I needed Robinson to score a touchdown. I ended up on a lot of him. After, you know, we talked about him in that Green Bay matchup. And, I mean, he crushed his prop. We bounced back last week with our sleeper pick and got our two-for-two, three-X. Two, so, hopefully, hopefully, people jump back on board here. I think we're – think, and I could be wrong, but I think we're five and two. Um, someone someone can correct me, but I think we're five and two. Um, I could go back and look, but I'm not going to do that right this second. But, yeah. Uh, we'll talk about it when we get to the Carolina Atlanta game, but how like Mariota and Atlanta down a ton in that game. Um, he threw the ball 13 times. It's ridiculous. That, that three out of the last four or four out of the last five weeks, he's thrown it 20 or less times. Um, so Drake London had one target last week. And as someone that is like really high on him in, in best balls and stuff, it just it's just frustrating because the talent is just so fantastic and i mean just i don't know and i don't even know if like ritter is the answer um desmond ritter isn't it the backup but i don't even know if he's the answer like it just seems like they want to pound the rock as as much as possible um and i mean patterson's getting close um so like it's going to be even more of a crowded backfield again and they're going to want to run so i don't know but we'll talk about Atlanta when we get there uh, before we jump in and, you know, talk about each and every one of these week eight NFL games. If you haven't checked out our sponsor, love what they're doing. It's sleeper fantasy. They're a unique prop based fantasy site where you and your friends can enjoy fantasy sports together in a fun and social way. Join the Rotor Grinder squad. Use promo code grinders for a hundred percent deposit match up to a hundred bucks. If you are already Signed up over there on Sleeper. You can go to the podcast description on YouTube or on the description page on the podcast page. And it's right there, sleeper.com slash grinders. And you can join the squad that way. Uh, we are live on YouTube. I know the last couple of days, the podcast has not been live on YouTube, but back live here with me back from a little getaway and um refresher i'm very refreshed um keith I, I feel really good like you get the you get the refresh stevie i haven't worked in three days um so you don't get like the really tired <laughs> coming off of like a, a nascar weekend so um really pumped to talk some football here so let's jump in and um get started and like you said week week seven could have been huge with like just a couple things going differently dk metcalf I had really good teams with DK Metcalf and gosh, watching, watching him get hurt and Goodwin crush. It's just like, man, I, I knew I was on the right thing and it didn't work out. Lockett was banged up. Um, I had one Goodwin team that I had built the night before when I knew Lockett was super questionable and I did not go back and edit it. And I forget who the running back was, but it had a running back that dudded on it. So like, it was just one of those things is gosh, just like, ah, but Ready to bounce back. Um, profitable week. I'm always happy with profitable weeks. Um, so hopefully my main team can jump back on and have a good week here. But if you're watching on YouTube, 
feel free to comment on the stream and those pop up and you know interact with the show we get started here week eight with one of my favorite games of the weekend you know this is this is when the fun starts arizona at minnesota we have a 48 and a half total minnesota is a three and a half point favorite uh we'll start here with the arizona side of this game keith but i mean this game screams shootout i mean it, it just absolutely screams shootout I think 48 and a half is too low. I think this is going to be a really high scoring game. Fast paced game it has the best projected pace on the slate. Uh, talk to me here about the Arizona side of this game. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited about this game as well. Um, we'll note that the Arizona defense has played a little bit better here recently, um, but Minnesota still has talented pieces on offense. I think this game absolutely turns into a shootout. Saw DeAndre Hopkins come back and make his season debut to 14 targets. Uh, so definitely took note of that. Um, he is the guy here for the Arizona Cardinals. Kyler Murray, I'm fine with him at 7,500 in, in this game environment. Uh, played indoors in Minnesota, so we don't have to worry about any weather. Um, Murray clearly has a penchant for throwing the ball to DeAndre Hopkins. I think that's one of the best stacks of the week, Murray to Hopkins. I think it takes the other secondary receivers in Arizona out of play, though. Um, Rondell Moore, he's too expensive for if if Hopkins is going to get. I, we saw what forty eight percent of the targets I was it was his first game back. That's obviously not going to be sustained, but thirty percent I think is absolutely in the range of outcomes here. Hopkins is going to be the alpha. Um, Two Marquise Brown got hurt. I think this could have been a really exciting offense once they once they finally got healthy with Hopkins back. Um, but for right now, with, with Brown on IR, um, Hopkins is the clear guy, and I'm, I'm not interested more. Dorch caught a touchdown. Robbie Anderson's not playing enough snaps at this point. He is cheap. I don't mind a, a, a long shot tournament take, uh, shot on Robbie Anderson, but I don't love it. I do still have a little bit of interest in Zach Ertz. I think he still has a role here. Um, I would put him second behind Hopkins kind of in the, in the target tree, but he's up to 5,100. I don't love that price tag, um, but he's in play. He can certainly find the end zone. And then James Connors questionable. We'll see if he comes back. But the, the backfield, I think, is a little bit uh, tough to figure out. With Connor missing a couple weeks, they played Benjamin. They played some Ingram. Probably avoiding the, back, the, the backfield, it's uh, very clearly Kyler Murray to DeAndre Hopkins here for me. A little bit of urge sprinkled in. AJ Green was active, did not play a snap. Um, we know he was dealing with the knee injury, but I mean, Robbie Anderson only played, I think it was like um, 13% or something. He did not play a lot of snaps. He only ran like five routes um, and had one target on five routes. He's going to be more fresh with the playbook here. Um, and, and like, he is a deep threat. I mean, that's what he adds to this offense that, I mean, that's what Holly Hollywood Brown kind of brought to the offense. And the fact that like, D hop is going to be the guy as far as the targets, you know, we could both lock him in for the eight plus targets on the morning grind game and be right. Um, so, I mean, this is a fantastic spot for Deandre Hopkins. I still like Zach Ertz. Arizona had two defensive touchdowns, two pick sixes last week. Um, kind of changed just how that game script went for the whole team. Murray's averaging 40 pass attempts per game this season. He threw 29 times last week, and I think that had a lot to do with the two defensive touchdowns. So I think this is a great spot for Hopkins, and I definitely don't mind Ertz. Um, 
if you want a low-owned, deep threat, 60-plus te- yard touchdown type of guy, um, Robbie Anderson's 4K, and that's kind of what he brings to the table. Going to the Minnesota side of this game, I mean, we know that Minnesota loves to throw the ball, and Justin Jefferson's one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. Arizona defense has been playing better, like you said. They've been a lot better against the run this season than they have against the pass. I still think this is a spot that Jefferson or Thielen, one of those two guys, has a big game, and you get the run back with like a Murray. I don't love Cousins. We we are very limited on quarterbacks this week, so I might make some Cousins, Jefferson, Hopkins stacks. Um, what are your thoughts here on Minnesota? Yeah, I, I agree. With, I prefer the Arizona side, but Kyler Murray is a little bit more expensive than Cousins. I just I like what Murray brings with his legs as well, uh, in addition to having that that monster wide receiver one as Cousins does. Um, but I, I'll spend the the couple extra dollars and get up to Murray on most of the teams that I'm playing this game. Um, Cousins is fine, but he just, he doesn't offer anything with the legs and it's so concentrated. I feel like I can just play Justin Jefferson and get the majority of the Minnesota passing game. Um, so Jefferson is, is the primary target here. Dalvin cook is interesting to me. Um, Madison has been working in more this year. I don't hate cooks price tag, um, at 7,600. It's not ideal, but if this is a fast-paced game, which both of these teams play fast, um, and it should be, we're expecting a lot of points here. I think Cook can get there either on the ground if Minnesota is playing from ahead or he can get there with some receptions out of the backfield if they're playing from behind. I don't have as much interest in in Thielen or any of the other receivers. Irv Smith is the other name I'll throw out there, 3,500. I don't mind him as a cheap tight end. Um, not a massive role for him. He's seeing about 14% of the targets on the season. Um, but there's a chance he could find the end zone. We love the game environment and, and Arizona has allowed a ton of fantasy points to tight ends this season. So, um, Justin Jefferson, primary target for sure. Like Dalvin cook, a decent amount and Herb Smith, a decent amount. With no Mahomes and no Lamar also comes no Mark Andrews and no Travis Kelsey. Um, yeah. so tight end you know, is ugly this week. Yeah, so I like the Irv Smith call. I think Thielen needs two touchdowns to get there, like ceiling-wise, and I don't think that's likely. Um, I, I mean, this is just one of those games where you know where a lot of the production is going to go. Um, so that's why it's such a juicy like DFS game, in my opinion. Um, I don't love Dalvin Cook. He's another guy that I think has to score two touchdowns to get there, especially at his price and – Running back just seems to be going towards the tr- cheaper like options. Um, you know, we're going to talk about like DeAndre Swift, who's under 7K, who is in a good game against Miami. Stevenson's 6,400. Um, Walker is in a good spot against the Giants at 65. I just, just, it's hard to get to Dalvin Cook when you have some of these cheaper options. I like Jefferson. I like the Irv Smith call, and I don't hate um cousins just because i love this game um environment carolina at atlanta 41 and a half total here atlanta is a four and a half point favorites um atlanta loves to play slow carolina i mean this is the worst pass defense in the nfl they rank 32nd in dvoa um atlanta anyway and they allow the most passing yards per game so 
PJ Walker is not someone that's going to go out and chuck the ball 40 times. I don't think we can take advantage of playing like PJ Walker. They did open up the playbook a little bit. He did have a couple deep throws um, last week, which was good to see. I mean, outside of DJ Moore, it's just really hard to have interest here. Foreman and Hubbard, it seems like it's going to be who's the hot hand. Um, so, I mean, this is this is DJ Moore, and that's really it for me. Um, what are your thoughts on Carolina? Yeah, I'm I'm kind of there with you. Um, Chuba Hubbard did uh, miss practice on Wednesday. Uh, I don't know that, that would be huge if he sits. Yeah. That's huge. Then then Foreman would be probably the best running back play on the slate. Um, but if they're both in there, I it's just tough. Like it's not like they're minimum price forty five hundred. They're both in the five Ks. It's a a really split backfield. I'm trying to pull up this snap share from last week here. It was on the flat. 48. Yeah. I mean, that's as split as, as you can possibly get. So how do you pick one of these guys? Um, DJ Moore is the guy that, that we saw just explode 10 targets for him. Um, 69 yards and a touchdown. I think that's where you go. Like I don't expect a ton of production in the passing game here. But when we have a number one alpha receiver, I mean, he's competing with guys like Terrace Marshall and Shai Smith for targets in this offense. DJ Moore is way better than than those guys. Um, he's 5,300. He's the number one option in this offense. Um, agree. He's he's a fantastic play and not a ton of interest. Like, PJ Walker has decent wheels, but he doesn't run that much. Um, so I, I'm, I'm off PJ Walker. I am looking for cheap quarterbacks this week. Um, obviously we have a, a change in Indianapolis that gives us the ultimate quarterback. So I don't feel like I need to mess around with PJ Walker. Just give me DJ Moore. Yeah. I mean, PJ Walker threw 22 times last week and DJ Moore ran a route every single time. Um, he ran 22 routes, had 10 targets. So 47 and a half percent target share last week for DJ Moore with no Christian McCaffrey. Um, I, I mean, at those numbers, you, you have to have, interest at 5,300. Um, I mean, he might actually be like cash game playable this week, depending on how news kind of falls throughout the week. Uh, the Atlanta side of things here. I mean, gosh, this offense is so hard to play anybody from, you know, Kyle Pitts. We know just how talented he is. He has a 41 and a half percent target share last week. And it doesn't matter when your quarterback is throwing the ball 13 times. Um, (laughs) I think he'll I think he'll become someone that's talked about this week because there aren't like a lot of high end tight ends, but I'm on the fade train and I know like how talented he is and I and I hate the idea of him being faded, but Mariota when once he gets inside the red zone, I mean when he anywhere down the field, I, I just it's really hard for me to have interest. Um I, I think if I'm playing anybody here it would probably be um, Tyler Algier, but I mean, I don't even love that. I just love the fact that like they are committed so much to the run. I don't think I could play Mariota. I think that Algier is, is kind of taken over the lead back role from Huntley. So I think if I'm playing anybody, it's him. Yeah. Kyle Pitts at 4k is certainly, it, it just jumps off the page, like super talented guy, but the, like, there just isn't enough volume here. Um, I don't know. I, I I tried it last week. I I have to swear it off after, after last week, it it cost me a bunch 
jamming him in everywhere. London, kind of the same deal. Like we saw, like he had some phenomenal games to start the season, but then it seems like something clicked with this coaching staff that they just don't trust Mariota to throw the ball, and they are intent on on just pounding the rock the entire game, no matter what the game, what the score of the game is, no matter what type of game script it is. So I'm off London and Pitts, despite these really attractive prices for two really talented pass catchers. Um, Algier, I don't hate that call. I just, I'm still worried about Huntley mixing back in a little bit, Um, but he did, he has carried the ball a ton. Not scared of this matchup against Carolina. Um, he's in play, but I, I think I'd rather get up to the 6K range. There's a lot of a lot of good running backs in the 6K range, and and that's kind of what we saw work out last week um, with Walker and Jacobs both absolutely smashing. Yeah, I, I mean, the only reason I bring him up and the only reason I think that Huntley might not get weeded back in, I mean, next week we get Patterson back, and – they, they kind of need to know what they have in Algier here. Um, that, that's the only reason that I said that. I mean, I do think it's like a a potential of like a, a 60, 65-30 type situation because Avery Williams still plays a few snaps a game. Um, so, I, I again, I don't love it. I don't really love anybody on Atlanta. I'm going to play some DJ Moore if I want to run it back. I even think you could take some shots on both the defenses in this game. Um, I mean, the only problem with the Carolina defense is just Mariota doesn't throw the ball a ton, so it kind of hurts your overall ceiling. Um, yeah, so a struggle. This game is just a struggle for me. 41 and a half seems high, but you know, you look through the game logs of like Atlanta, and even though they're not throwing the ball a ton, they're, they're still allowing points. Um, so it's tough. It's a tough game, tough game to predict. Kyle Pitts, like, so. Five catches, let's just throw a stat line out there. Five catches, 40 yards, and a touchdown is 15. Is 15 enough at 4K? On this slate, it might be. Um, there, There's no Kelsey, no Andrews. Um, Kittle has had a, a much better role the last couple of weeks. He's priced up a little bit. Um, Ertz has now got Hopkins to deal with. Hawkinson's been banged up all year, kind of the same with Waller. Yeah, I mean, it, it honestly might be. Um, they're, they're, like I said, the, t- the tight end slate this week is not very strong. So maybe I end up on a little bit, and that's going to crush me to, to end up there. Um, but, it, I mean, the other options around him, I don't I don't see. Like, Fryermuth had a decent game. I think Higby's had a nice role, but tough matchup against San Francisco. Yeah, I mean, there's just like none of these plays stand out here at tight end. So I, I think that's an interesting conversation. Um, it, it's about the having the yards and the touchdown, right? Like he has, has to, to fall score. in the end zone. Yeah, yeah, he has to score, which is a problem anytime we're talking about tight ends. Yeah, he's had one target inside the five-yard line this year. No. I mean, we're in week eight. So uh, I, that's just my my biggest issue. You said three targets inside the in the ten yard line. Um, it's just not high. Like it just really kills the ceiling with the offense that they're running. It just really kills the ceiling. And I don't want to spend too much time on Pitts, but I feel like he's going to be a huge talking point. I feel like he's going to be someone that projects well in projections. And I mean, it scream it screams fade to me. If he becomes popular, 
it, it just screams fade to me. Um, and I could be wrong. I mean, I'm always, I'm always wrong. Um, I'm, I'm never afraid to admit when I'm wrong, but I'm pulling up really quick. I'm not trying to stall, but I'm pulling up our projected ownership here Wednesday night to see um, what we're looking at for pits. And right now, pits is projected for 12%. The third, fourth highest owned tight end on the slate. That that to me, right now in the week, screams fade to me. Um, because I'm not playing 25% and trying to double the field. And I don't want to play like five percent because that five percent, what's the point? Um, so you know, for me, right now it screams fade. So all right, moving on. We got Miami at Detroit, 51 and a half total in this game. Miami is a three and a half point favorites um man detroit plays fast this game's in detroit miami we really don't know what their pace looks like because we've had you know two and a half ish games with no tua um and bridgewater kind of being banged up in a, in those games and like skylar thompson playing quarterback i think miami wants to play pretty fast um not pretty fast i mean i think they're going to want to play fast enough but looking at this miami side I mean, do we do we have interest in Tua at sixty two hundred this week, knowing that like this is a guy if Detroit can keep up, Miami they seem like they want to put the, the gas pedal down. Yeah, I absolutely love this game. Um Detroit has been the best team to attack all year long, especially when they're home in the dome. Um Tua has been throwing the ball a ton. He has two rec- two elite receiving options. Um Waddle and Tyreek are both in the top five in receiving yards, I believe, in the league. Um, Waddle's been dealing with an injury, but he's still been producing. Um, Only had five targets last week, but still finished with 88 yards. Um, 6,700, totally fair price for this game environment. Tyreek at 8,500, completely fair price. I'm very interested uh, in the Miami offense in general. Tua at 6,200 a little bit more than you think you want to pay for him. But like before the injury, he was, he was throwing the ball a ton. Um, and he threw it 35 times last week, 261 yards. I I have a ton of interest in, in this Miami passing attack. And I think that Mostert has taken over the backfield as well. And he's 5,900. Yes. So I, I want both sides. I want Miami. I want Mostert and I want Miami stacks. I'm going to be playing an absolute ton of this game. Um, Detroit's been the best team to attack all year long. I don't see that changing in this spot. We we love these position, skill position players here on Miami. This is a great spot for them. Yeah, I don't know how much Tua I'll end up with. I'll play some because I'm going to play so much Tyreek Hill. Um, I'm a little concerned about the Waddle injury. Just, I mean, like, his snap share last week doesn't scare me. 80% is kind of what he's been at around all all season. He ran the same amount of routes and everything like that. I'm not concerned about his target share last week um, only being like 14%. He's, he's going to be higher than that in most games. The game against Pittsburgh was just kind of a weird game. Miami came out. They were firing. They looked fantastic. And then the game just kind of got ugly. And um, I, that's just not the case here. You know, this is an amazing spot for Hill, Waddle, Mozart. Um, Sorry, I don't, I don't know mean, how much. The, the Pittsburgh game was a Thursday night game, though, right? I'm, yeah. Yeah. I'm, Thursday night games are always weird because it's a short week. There's not much prep time. So, like, I t- I don't put as or much stock in, into that. Was it the Sunday night game? Was it a Sunday night game? Okay. 
I might be it, wrong. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was a Sunday night game. Okay. I know it was a primetime game. I'm pretty sure it was Sunday night. Um, yeah, it was Sunday night football because they honored um, the, the, 70, the 70 Dolphin team that went undefeated. 72? Yep. 74? 72. 72. 72. Yeah. Yep. My mind is in places elsewhere. <laughs> yeah, um, sorry. I completely threw you off there. No, you're oh, good. <laughs> uh, but, like... I could see playing Mozart and Hill together here because of how cheap Mozart is. And I mean, the dolphins have four or five touchdown upside in this game just as a team. So a lot of the production, like Sherfield has been like a kind of a role wide receiver, but it's not someone that's going to get really targeted in the red zone. If anybody, it's going to be a uh, Crawcraft, Craw, Crawcraft, um, Gusecki's, Gasecki's becoming more involved again in this pass offense. I don't love him. I, I mean, Hill, Waddle, Mozart, maybe some Tua. If I get desperate and want to pivot off of or play like a, a tight end or a double stack with Hill and Gasecki, I could see it just because tight end's weak this week. But um ton of interest in both sides. I mean, the Detroit side of this game as well. Um Assuming that St. Brown can get back from concussion protocol, oh, another yeah, guy of the that injury bug. Yep. <laughs> yeah, like DK Metcalf and St. Brown were two of my highest on wide receivers last week. Um, luckily, I played a lot of them together last week. So, man, and like it. it so I played a lot of CD Lamb with St. Brown, and like those teams didn't do anything anyway because CD Lamb didn't have like a monster game, so didn't really like hurt my feelings. Um, so. St. Brown, we'll see. He was limited Wednesday as far as uh, practice is concerned. Hopefully, he can get back. DJ Chark went on the IR last week. Um, if St. Brown can't play, Raymond and Reynolds and Hawkinson are going to get a lot of targets in this game. DeAndre Swift sounds like he's good to go. Like He was full practice Wednesday. Sounds like they gave him one more week You know, after the bye week and then the last week's game and I mean, I, I can't can't hate on Swift here. He's just so uberly talented that he's so involved in the passing game. If he's going to be fresh here, you know, he's someone at 6,800 that has 30-plus point upside. Yes, if Swift is back, he's an absolute smash here, especially if St. Brown misses as well. He's a guy that they will absolutely target out of the backfield. St. Brown leaves behind a massive target share if he misses in this game. Um, and Hawkinson is banged up as well. So, and even like the secondary, like Josh Reynolds is banged up as well. I I don't know. Swift could get 10 targets in this game. I, I really think that he could um, if St. Brown is out. He's, I don't know, like a guy that, that continually aggravates something um, and he misses a lot of time. It just seems like he's always dealing with an injury. But when this guy is healthy, he is one of the elite fantasy producers in the league. Um he's practicing in full. I like they've rested him for a good amount of time here. He hasn't played since week three. So if they're ready to bring him back, I'm just, I'm going to jump on board first week back here, assuming that he's healthy. He's way underpriced for this role, especially if St. Brown is out and we think that he could see an increase in his target share. Um, I, I absolutely love Deandre Swift. As far as what else I'm doing with Detroit, I'm, I'm highly interested in the passing attack. Jared Goff is 5,500. I'm going to end up playing some Jared Goff. It's not a fun thing to do, but he's cheap, and Miami's defense hasn't been fantastic. Um, 
it will depend on who's available at wide receiver for him. If St. Brown and Reynolds both miss, it's going to be tough to play golf. Um, if we're talking about Khalif Raymond and Tom Kennedy as your top receiving targets, that's a difficult situation. Uh, but assuming that one of St. Brown or Reynolds can get out there and play in this game, I'm I'm very much interested in either of them stacked with Goff just because of the price on Goff. Also, with as runbacks on my Miami stacks, ton, just tons of interest in this game overall. Obviously, we need to see how the injuries shake out. Miami lost um, one of their top defensive backs last week as well um, for the season. So it's definitely going to make this passing attack even more interesting. Um, so well, Xavier Howard is dealing with a, a groin injury as well. So if he's if he misses as well, um, I mean, there's just a lot of injuries here for the Miami defense. Um passing defense the run defense has still been good you know they're still they're still stopping the run a lot but swift becomes so involved in the passing game that i'm not too concerned about like the run defense aspect of it i want him to get a lot of his production with you know six seven eight targets in this game um st brown's by far my favorite if he plays in this game if he's out hawkinson he's been hurt all year and he's still playing 70 plus percent of the snaps every week um he is someone that I, I definitely would have interest, but I want St. Brown to play with Swift back. This is a team that scored six points in the last two weeks combined. It, it just a, a different offense with Swift and St. Brown out there. So um, St. Brown would be someone that gets 10 plus targets in this game. If he can stay healthy. So I did just, pull it up. it's, it sounds like St. Brown is going to play. Uh, Campbell said he had a, a great chance to play. Um, and it was a concussion last week. We're we're not worried about the concussion. If he clears protocol, that's all good. It was a concussion protocol. I don't even know if he had like a concussion. It was um, it was the protocol thing, right? Um, he I he did have that other injury um a couple weeks before. I forget if it was um oh, come on, it was his an- ankle the week before. That's far more concerning. The fact that he didn't really have to. Uh, he has another week after missing pretty much the whole game last week. So like he was willing to test out the ankle before that. If St. Brown is cleared, then I'm, I'm all on board with for sure. Yeah. He cleared that he didn't have a concussion. So I'm not even, I'm not even concerned about it. So love St. Brown in this game. Um, Like Swift a lot, a lot of good pieces in a high scoring um, affair here, especially with this game being in Detroit. This game's not in Miami. This game's in Detroit. Huge, huge difference. Pittsburgh at Philadelphia, 43 and a half total here. Philadelphia is a 10 and a half point favorites. We'll start here with the Steelers. Is there anything that you want to play here from Pittsburgh? There's something, yes, because I have a ton of interest in Jalen Hurts on the other side. Um, probably Deontay Johnson. He has seen the best target share here recently. He's 5,600. He's playing with a rookie quarterback. It's not ideal, but... Um, I think that in order for Philly to keep up, he needs to have a decent game uh, or for Pittsburgh to keep up rather um, with Philly Pickens at 4,700 is in play for sure. Um, I don't know. All of these guys are cheap. I'm not stacking the Pittsburgh side of this because I think Philly is, is just going to destroy them, but I think that's going to push Pittsburgh into a pass heavy game script. Um, and one of these wide receivers is going to see a ton of volume. 
Firemuth has seen a pretty decent role here as well. Nine targets in two of the last three weeks. Um, and I believe he left one of the games early as well with an injury. So like he, his, his role is really, yeah, had a concussion two weeks ago when he only had two targets. Um, his role has looked really good here with the change at quarterback to pick it. So Fryermuth at 3,900, if he's able to go, I'm interested there. I don't know what to do with Najee Harris. He's again, like, don't play. He just him. doesn't look like he doesn't look like the same as he did. <laughs> it's like, and Jalen Warren is mixing in. Like he was, yep. he scored so much last year because he played like eighty five percent of the snaps. He's not getting that same role. I do still like some of his props. We'll get to that later on. But I, like, as a DFS play, he's cheap, and I'm tempted. He just doesn't have the same role, and I think we just need to keep that in mind. Um, so Deontay Johnson, Pat Fryermuth, I think, are the two as runbacks on the, from Philly. I don't mind Pickens and Claypool. Um, I mean, because you are going to play the Philly Philly side quite a bit here. So just, I mean, Fairmuth is probably my favorite play from Pittsburgh because tight end is kind of weak this, you know, and like a rookie quarterback finding, you know, a tight end like Fairmuth, like week four, he had nine targets. Week five against Buffalo, he left with a concussion. Um came back after the concussion missing week six and against Miami had nine targets like rookie quarterback looking for easy throws and and like that's what a tight end like Fairmuth kind of provides so um I mean 44 pass attempts last week for Kenny Pickett so if you do think Pittsburgh is going to be down in this game I think you stay away from Najee Harris he's he's just not getting that like Ben Roethlisberger eight to 10 targets a game. You know, you mentioned like the snap share. He's not getting the targets. Like he, he crushed in DFS because he was getting six, seven catches a week where just easy catches with, you know, Ben dumping the ball off to him. So it's just not happening here with Pickett and Trubisky. So I, I like Deontay Johnson. I like Pickens. I like Claypool. I like Fairmuth. I'm not playing Kenny Pickett in this game, even though they're going to be trailing and he's going to be throwing a ton. Um, this run defense is really good as well. So that kind of hurts. Najee Harris as well. Um, I think the game script hurts him with him just not getting as many targets. So, yeah, Deontay Johnson, I think is fine. And then, like I said, I'll I'll mix in some Pickens and I'll mix in some Claypool just because they're they're really cheap. And the game, the game script and how this game goes should really kind of benefit this passing game. Um, Philadelphia. I mean, we don't have that that guy this week is Jalen hurts that guy. Probably if Pittsburgh can keep this game somewhat close, Jalen hurts could smash in this one. Um, Miles Sanders is having a, a really good year. You know, he's someone that kind of forgot about in DFS last year because he just wasn't scoring touchdowns. You know, he has three touchdowns in the last three games. Two of those were against Jacksonville in one game. Don't know if I love him. Love this spot for AJ Brown. Dallas Goddard, we don't have a ton of great tight end plays. Uh, don't mind him. But, yeah, Jalen Hurts to Brown and, and Goddard are what I'm looking at here. Yeah, I mean, Philly is the top offense of the week for me. It's pretty clear. I, Jalen Hurts has the highest ceiling among any quarterback by a mile. There, There is a concern, though, and that's if Philly gets up by a couple scores, they're just going to stop throwing, and that will be your production. Like, if Jalen Hurts goes into the half – with 30 DK points and Philly is up 24 to three, you're not getting any more fantasy points from Jalen Hurts. Like they have shown that they're, they're doing that all year long. Um, Like he's the highest, they're the highest scoring team in the first half. 
and they're among the lowest scoring teams in the second half. They're perfectly content sitting on leads and just letting the game play out, which is why I'm, I think you need a Pittsburgh run back in this, in this spot because you need somebody to keep this game somewhat close where Philly has to continue pushing the ball down the field. Hertz certainly has the highest ceiling. I think he's the best quarterback on the slate by a good margin. I think A.J. Brown is very clearly the best target. Um, Devontae Smith is is certainly right there with him. I just trust Brown a little bit more. Uh, I'm willing to spend that extra money. I I certainly want exposure to both of them. Uh, And then throw Goddard in there as well. 5K is is not ideal, um, but he he has one among tight ends on this slate. Um, certainly think he'll be involved here. Um, I think Philly is probably my, my favorite team to target on, on the entire slate, but we need Pittsburgh to keep it closer. They're just going to stop and slow down in the second half. If you're not playing Hurts in this game, I, I could definitely see playing the Philadelphia defense. Um, I think the Philly defense is in a great spot here against the young quarterback. I don't know if it's pairing Miles Sanders with that defense. I don't know if it's pairing Jalen Hurts without like a pass catcher with the defense, like just trying to hope you get the the two touchdown rushing game from Jalen Hurts. I don't know. It's tough because Jalen Hurts just he's giving you he's giving you five to fifteen rushing points per game this year. Um, so I mean that's where his upside is and. That Sanders is not getting the the touchdowns. Um, you know, we we talk about it like he he scored um, twice against Jacksonville. I think one of those was a long run touchdown. Um, so yeah. he, he's just not getting that like high volume opportunities. He has six carries this year inside the um, five yard line. And yeah, Jalen Hurts is the goal line back. We talk about this with yeah, Buffalo. Yeah. Like Josh Allen is their goal line back. Jalen Hurts is the same thing. Um, yep. But how do you feel about Hurts naked? I mean, in, in a game that, that Philly just absolutely crushes, I think that there's a possibility Hurts could get there with two rushing touchdowns and maybe you I think don't need to play. I don't, yeah, that's what I said. I don't think you have to play him naked. I think you play him with the Philly defense. Yeah. I, I really could see that working. And like, how often that, that never no, never something that we talk about playing a quarterback with the defense oh, yeah. is just very counterproductive. I just Jalen Hurts is not your typical quarterback. Um, I mean, I could see them getting up two or three touchdowns early in this game, and like the defense scoring another one, and like getting twelve to fourteen from your defense and getting thirty from Hurts. It, it just I could see it working. If this game is competitive and you're running it back with like a Johnson or a Fairmuth and you AJ Brown would be my favorite. I don't mind Goddard, but yeah, I mean, I'm going to have a lot of exposure to this game and I think I'm going to have some hurts Philly defense teams, which naked hurts. Like it just, he's your goal line back. So like when we're typically pairing Miles Sanders with Philadelphia, it's just not the same thing with Philadelphia. Yeah. I kind of like this call. Um, like Hertz's median is probably roughly the ceiling of most of the other quarterbacks on this slate. Maybe you could argue Kyler Murray has a ceiling there than Hertz's median, but I mean, Tua doesn't run that much. And then we're, we're, like, we're into, God. <laughs> yeah, seriously. He did. Yeah. Oh man. That was insane. After saying, I need to take care of myself. Man. And then he's give going head first attack. for first downs. Ooh. Yeah. 
Um, like Dak doesn't have the ceiling this year. He hasn't shown cousins. Isn't a big ceiling guy. Like there's just, there's not a lot of ceiling out there on quarterback this week. Um, there's two quarterbacks so, we're going to talk about that. I like coming up um, that I think, I don't think they have Jalen hurts ceiling, but I think they have a high enough where they could point per dollar match Jalen hurts. Yeah. But I mean, this game's this game is very interesting. It has a 43 and a half total. And like you said, Philadelphia is, I think they have the highest implied team total on the slate at 27. Um, so there you go. Moving on, we got Las Vegas at New Orleans. 49 and a half total in this one. Vegas is a one and a half point favorite. This game is juicy. Um, if you can get this game right, it has all the potential in the world. My, my favorite thing here is just knowing that I don't even necessarily need to play Derek Carr. The production is going to come from Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams, and I can just play those two guys. Completely agree with you. Um, I, I don't even have much else to add. Like Josh Jacobs has an absolutely elite role this season. The price is up $1,000 from last week. Don't care. Just keep jamming him in. He's in a contract year. Las Vegas is clearly content to just hand it off to him as, as much as he's willing to take it. Um, like we we saw the upside last week, three times. He brings that again. This New Orleans defense is pretty decent, um, but like they've been dealing with injuries. So they, they've been giving up plenty of points here the last couple weeks. Um, this, like Jacob's role is that of like 8,500. So he's still a little bit underpriced. If the New Orleans defense gets a little healthier, I'm a little concerned about the matchup, but I don't know. We'll have to see who's available um, for New Orleans. Like if Lattimore's back, I think that that kind of forces, um, and I don't have any idea what his status is. I haven't checked, but um, like New Orleans defense getting healthier is the only concern I might have. I, I still just think Jacobs at 7,500 is underpriced and Adams at 8,600. You meant like they're just the volume these two guys are getting is among the best in the NFL. Um, just play those two guys. Agree with you. When it comes to in like defensive injuries, it's really hard to check before um, Friday, Saturday, really. Um, so we'll we'll see. Um, We'll, we'll see if he's back or not. It doesn't, it, everything that I've read is like, they don't even know if he's going to be back. He will shadow, he'll likely shadow Devontae Adams if he does play. Um, so, I mean, it, if Lattimore plays, it definitely opens up maybe taking some shots on Renfro, Mac Hollins, and Darren Waller if Waller returns, because we don't have a ton of great tight end options. So, if Lattimore is back and you think Adams is, I, no one's shutting down Devontae Adams, but if you think he's going to limit, limit Devontae Adams, um, that's where Waller could become very interesting if he plays um, with the hamstring. If he's out, you're getting Renfro at 49. You're getting Mac Hollins at 4,500. So uh, a lot of potential autumn, but Josh Jacobs is my favorite play from Vegas. New Orleans has kind of been a funnel defense, and they've really they've really struggled stopping the run here recently. Yeah, I did just Lattimore not at practice yet this week, so we'll we'll keep an eye on that. But yeah, I agree. Jacobs is in play either way. Adams is in play either way as well, but maybe a slight downgrade if if Lattimore does end up suiting up. Uh, but yeah, two two volume monsters on this, and then we should have a pretty decent 
game environment here. Um, we'll talk about the other side, probably heading there now. But yeah, th uh, these two volume monsters for for Las Vegas are, are the plays for sure. Chris Olave has a, he's arrived. Um, yeah, like Speaking this guy is legit. Monsters. Yeah, this guy's legit. Um, I mean, like Andy Dalton is definitely going to keep chucking. You know, they've already announced that he's going to start. Um, it, it seems like they're very, very interested in like seeing what Dalton's going to do compared to, to Jameis. And, you know, Jameis was one and two to, to start the season. It's not like the, the saints aren't sorry, saints fans, but the saints aren't making the playoffs this year. I, to be fair, the NFC South is terrible. Um, you know, the bucks are three and four Atlanta's three and four, the Panthers and the saints are both two and five. So if they went on a run, they could potentially, you know, they have the talent with Camara and Alave. If Thomas got back, if Landry got back, you know, pay attention to the news here. But I think even if Landry and Thomas both come back this week, I think Alave at 6K is, is still very much in play. Michael Thomas still not practicing Wednesday. Um, Landry dealing with the ankle, still not practicing Alave is my run back play here um, when it comes to New Orleans. Yeah, I mean, Alave has been outstanding. Um, I, we've seen him get over 10 targets multiple times this season. He's not just like coming into the league. That's kind of what I had him pegged as. And maybe that, that is partly due to Michael Thomas's injury and him not being able to run the underneath stuff. But Alave has taken over. Like, I don't see him relinquishing this this role. He's a very clear wide receiver one, uh, and he's been putting up outstanding production. Um, yeah, he, he's the very clear target from New Orleans. I love the stack with either Jacobs or with Adams. Uh, Olave at 6K, an absolute smash. I think Alvin Kamara is a little bit underpriced as well, especially with Andy Dalton still at quarterback, far more willing to check down than Jameis Winston was. Um We've seen him with at least six receptions in each of the last three weeks. The like the efficiency hasn't been outstanding, but we know what this guy's ceiling is. Seventy one hundred is just too cheap for Kamara, especially when we know he's going to be involved in in the passing game. Um, Las Vegas is not a defense I'm afraid of by any means. In fact, I think it's a slightly plus matchup. Uh, I, I like Kamara a, a great amount as well. So. I, that doesn't make me want to play Andy Dalton. I, I don't think I need to do that, but I'll have a ton of exposure to Kamara and Olave. And then Jawan Johnson has actually had a decent role without Troutman. Um, I don't know exactly what Troutman's status is for this week. Looks like he missed practice again, again Wednesday. If Troutman is out, we talked about tight end being weak. Jawan Johnson at 3,200. He's had five five targets last week, six targets the week before. I think you can take a look at him as a, as a cheap tight end option. I'll throw one more name out. I love the Camara call, by the way, um, with Dalton at quarterback. I'm going to throw one more name out, and this is Fanduel specific. Taysom Hill is a Fanduel tight end still. Large field tournaments. I don't hate that. He, he's 6,500. He's the second highest priced tight end on the slate. He has two touchdown upside, um, and we yep. don't have a lot of tight ends with that this week, so. He's someone that, you know, you really want the rushing touchdown to come from. But at, at 6500 you hate it, paying that price. And he's someone that, you know, could easily put up three fantasy points. But with tight end week this 
with, with it being so down this week, um, I think he's playable on FanDuel um, in large field tournaments. So I don't, I don't think there's any question that Taysom Hill legitimately has the highest ceiling among any tight end this week because he could throw a touchdown as well. Um, like, like him having tight end eligibility on FanDuel is just absolutely huge. There, there's like his, his ceiling is legitimately like 35 points. We've seen it already this year. Um, he scored twice in that game. Actually, scored three, four times, three times. in that game. Three, yeah, it was four times. <laughs> so it's not going to be very often. Uh, but no, no other tight end has that. Like Kittle, maybe could put up thirty, but he's not putting up. Um, yeah, I mean that that's a great call. Like certainly not a cat. Like the floor is zero too. Maybe not zero, but very under five for sure. But the ceiling is is absolutely amazing, and that's what we're looking for in tournaments: is ceiling. When, like, can we? And I don't want to spend too much more time on this game, but could we potentially play Andy Dalton this week at fifty five hundred? We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over three hundred and fifty million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I think you could. Um I mean, he showed us 30-point upside last week. Um, and, and, like, it was four passing touchdowns and a ton of picks in a really high-scoring game. But this game has all the makings of being a high-scoring game. I mean, Vegas can put up points with the best of them, you know. So, I mean, the game script could really turn into Andy Dalton throwing the ball 40-plus times in this game. Yeah, I don't hate it. He's in play. Um, I think I prefer Goff slightly. There's there's one other guy we're gonna get um, that I prefer, which is maybe a little bit of a homer take, but we'll get there. Um, yeah, he's in, like I don't, I don't think you could play any quarterback on this slate. Maybe outside of of PJ Walker and and Mariota's getting on that borderline if he also because of volume. Yeah, if you play Mariota, play him by himself. That's all I'm saying. Lesson play learned. Him by himself. <laughs> play him by himself. Really need him to have like two rushing touchdowns. Yeah. Potentially get there too. Anyway, moving on. Chicago at Dallas, 42 and a half total here. Dallas, nine and a half point favorite in this one. Uh, anything that you're liking here for the Chicago Bears? Justin Fields, man. <laughs> here we go. Um, they ran a completely different game plan coming out of their long week. Like they played Thursday night and then they didn't play again until Monday night. So they had several days off and they ran a different game plan coming out against New England. 
and the Bears offense looked good for the first time all season. They designed plays for Justin Fields. He's 5,200. They're going into Dallas. It's an absolutely brutal matchup. Like he's going to throw for 200 yards in this game. But I think there's a really good chance that he could run for 80 plus. And he has multiple touchdown upside on the ground as well. So Justin Fields is the other cheap quarterback I'm interested in here. I don't think I even need a pass catcher with him. I, I will roll him out there naked at 5,200. Um, obviously, we're, there's another cheap quarterback that's taking over this week who's going to be much more popular. I, I'm i a Bears fan. I watch every play of every Bears game. What I saw from them in that New England game was was very encouraging. Justin Fields has Lamar Jackson-type upside as a rushing quarterback. I don't think he has the passing upside in this matchup against Dallas. Like the Dallas pass rush is going to be a massive problem for this Bears offensive line, but that's going to flush Fields out of the pocket. I like whatever rush, Fields' rushing prop is, take the over on it. Um, Justin Fields is going to be running a ton in this game. They're they're designing runs for him now, assuming that they stick with what worked nominally against New England. And why wouldn't they? Like Fields has legitimate hundred r- rushing yard upside here. I'm gathering my thoughts. Um, <laughs> you're basically paying 5200 for a running back um, yep. that could throw a touchdown. I don't know if he has the ceiling. Dallas defense is really good. I mean, like, they're, I'm going to play some Dallas defense this week, and you're going to so, play some Dallas defense. Yes, yeah, I like, am. So, I mean, especially who like has, how much who has he a ceiling at quarterback. Yeah, that's a concern. Who has a, a ceiling at quarterback outside of like Kyler Murray and Jalen Hurts, though? No, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not poo pooing on your take by any means. Um, I'm just saying, like, the counter argument to this is: Does he needs two rushing touchdowns and, and like eighty rushing yards? Like, you really you're playing, you're paying fifty two hundred for a running back at the quarterback position. You need him to you need him to get those rushing touchdowns. My biggest concern with that, there's still David Montgomery, and like they still will give David Montgomery a ton of carries. The the flip side of that is like David Montgomery is not the goal line back. Herbert is the goal line back of, of this team. Like Herbert has nine carries inside the five yard line this season, where Montgomery has two. So you can't even play David Montgomery against this really tough defense. So I think playing fields by himself makes sense. Um, I don't know. I don't love it, but I don't hate it. Um, I do tend to get crazy on weeks like this at quarterback. So um, there's still a guy that I like a lot that we're going to talk about, and it's not the chalk quarterback. Um, So talk about it here in a little while, but yeah, I mean, I, I do think massive. with the rushing volume of this offense that you could play Montgomery or Herbert. I don't think it's crazy that one of those guys could fall in the end zone twice. I, think I don't love Herbert. It, but yeah, I mean, I've been the Herbert guy since like week three. Like ever since Min- Montgomery went down, Herbert looked better. Right? Herbert was going to take, take backfield eventually. I've been on Herbert's rushing props each of the last two weeks, and they both and it hit both times. I just like Montgomery's not dead. He's 6,300. That's not great. He's going to get more carries than Herbert, more than likely, but not a ton more. I don't know. The split backfield probably takes it out of play. We're spending too much time on this Bears offense. 
It's, it's not even a split backfield. It's a three-headed monster because Fields gets yeah, just Fields as much rush. rush yep. Yeah, so I mean, don't play the passing attack. Um, Mooney and St. Brown had some decent targets last week. You just can't trust that. It's all over the place. Um, I, I mean, if you're going to play anybody, it'd probably be Mooney at 4,800 and hope that he scores a, a, a long touchdown. Um, but, I mean, he doesn't have a touchdown on the season. You know, so and St. Brown only has one. Let's talk about Dallas, um, the other side of this game. Dak Prescott back last week, only through 25 times, but, I mean, really didn't need to. Like, that was the problem with that Detroit game. You know, the Dallas defense is just so good that, I mean, Dak, I mean, he completed 76% of his passes. He threw 207 yards. We all kind of wanted a shootout type of game, and the Dallas defense is just, they're just too good. What are we doing here with oh and Zeke Elliott had two touchdowns? If you remember the podcast last week, I said that anyway. Um <laughs> hey, listen, Zeke is dealing with a bad I was gonna game. say if he this misses this be, week, Pollard yeah. is going to smash. Yeah, Tony Pollard's the best play on the slate by a mile if Zeke Elliott misses this even game. in this tough matchup. Yeah, I, I mean he can do it multiple different ways. Like Pollard is just an elite talent. With big playability, he's 6,100. If he has his backfield all to himself, like he's the best player on the slate. I don't care what the matchup is. No, I mean, everything that you read, like uh, everything that I've read about Zeke with the MCL sprain, I mean, I, I just don't see how he plays. So if he's out, Tony Pollard, 6,100, pair him with the Dallas defense, um, definitely something that I'll be doing. If you're playing Justin Fields, I think you look at like CeeDee Lamb or Schultz to run it back here with. I just, Gallup is not someone, you know, for years past, like Gallup was the guy. I, I really think they like this Noah Brown kid. Um, he is, he's very talented. He's, he's proved himself when Gallup was out. And I mean, he's out snapping Gallup. I uh, just, it would be CeeDee Lamb. It'd be Dalton Schultz for me. On like if you're if you're taking Keith's shot in the dark with uh, Justin Fields this week, <laughs> but Pollard is a play. Oh yeah, Pollard is a play. I agree that Lamb and Schultz are both in play as well. Schultz at thirty seven hundred might be one of my favorite tight end options. Don't know how healthy he is. Uh, obviously, keeping an eye on the injury reports leading up to Sunday. But if Schultz is a full go, I think he's a fantastic play the Gallup goose egg, I just, I don't know what to do with that. I know they didn't throw the ball a ton, but like, I don't know that that's very surprising to me. Um, he had two targets. Noah Brown had seven. Noah Brown led the team in targets last week. Yeah. What, what's going on here? I don't know. I don't know what to do with this Dallas receiving core. Um, it's, I don't hate this spot for him at home in the dome. Like, against this Bears defense who just traded away um, Robert Quinn, by the way, like they they don't have a pass rush. I think Dallas could absolutely go nuts in this spot. I just, like, I think you just Dak and CD maybe throw in Schultz is, is the way to, to go and not mess with the Gallup and Brown stuff. I just, I don't trust Noah Brown's role. And I know you've, you've been on him a couple of times. I just, I feel like Gallup is with the, Gallup and Schultz back. Yeah, it's it's tough, but like you nailed that a couple weeks ago when you said he was still in play. He was a thirty five hundred or something. 
Um, and he ended up with like three catches for 60 yards. Like, I, I think it was the Washington game that you were still on him, even though they were getting healthier. Um, but yeah, it's, it's tough. It's CD lamb for me would be the, the primary guy. I'm not even sure about Dak just because like we, I don't know. I haven't seen it from Dak this year. I'm not sure the ceiling is there. Maybe what maybe game strip Z- does Dak have a ceiling here? Like that is my problem. Justin Fields yeah, rushing I mean, for 150 and three touchdowns or something. Like I just I don't know. I just don't see a, I don't see the game script for Dak to have a ceiling, and that's why like Tony Pollard yeah, is going Pollard's to be. The yeah, he's gonna be so chalky though, and like he is. It's good chalk. It's good chalk. It really it is. is good chalk. Yep. Um, but I, I think the Bears figured they found something on offense against New England. Nobody expected them to play with New England. They were seven and a half point underdogs going into New England, and they absolutely demolished them. Like the Bears look good for the first time all year. As a, as a Bears fan who's watched every game, they looked good last week. I, I'm not saying that they're a good team, but I think that they found a way to move the ball on offense finally th- this season, and it's going to be allowing Justin Fields to run. You know, if you bet the Bears money line like um on a monday this year every 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 week the same amount of money you'd probably be up because the 49ers in the new england game so <laughs> yeah. um you know what you do with dallas passing game you you sit back and you wait for week 11 um and you just go absolutely ham on week 11 cowboys pass offense because we're going to be very 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 excited about that game against minnesota so there you go um I mean, yes, I looked ahead. Um, <laughs> yes, I looked ahead. All right, moving on. We got New England at New York facing the the Jets. J E T Jets Jets Jets. So sad for Brees Hall, man. Um, uh, so talented. I, I hope him a speedy recovery, and hopefully he can bounce back from it. I know that ACLs are really really tough for running backs, and ah, gosh, four just he's so good. He's so good. Anyway. New England's a two and a half point favorite in this game. They they announced today that Mac Jones will start um, after. Yeah, I don't know what happened last week, but anyway, <laughs> um, let's go New England first here. Uh, gosh, Stevenson Stevenson is the guy. Tough tough defense matchup. The Jets defense has actually been playing really good after starting really terrible. Um, it's just the the difference of being healthy and not healthy. What are we doing here with New England? It's it's difficult. I think Stevenson is the guy. Um, Harris being there is a little bit scary. Maybe the, the split in the backfield was a little bit um, due to Harris still not being 100%. So I'm worried that Harris could cut into Stevenson's role even further. But Stevenson has looked really good when he's been out there. Um, Stevenson's still in play for me. Don't How love does the he get at least sixty percent? Is my question. Yeah, I mean they have to, right? Like, I know it's just Belichick, looks, and we better. hate Belichick's like duo running backs, but he, he he's had double digit carries now in five straight games. He's averaging over four yards per carry. He looks great in the receiving game. Like, how doesn't he get at least sixty percent? Even if Damian Harris is a hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, I. I th- I think we all think that's what they should do, but it's Bill Belichick, and we know how he's handled True his backfield. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to play some. I like if I if I get Belichick, then so be it. 
Uh, but Stevenson is the play here. I'm not interested in the quarter, especially with the higher than normal chance he could get benched by halftime or before. Jacoby Myers, I don't know. He had a great role early on in the season with Mac Jones, and I'm interested in going back to that. I chased it last week in, on the showdown slate, and it didn't work out. I think I'll play some Myers because he's 5,600. We've seen him be a guy with like a 28% target share with Mac Jones. He's in play for me. Um, I, I probably won't mess with the tight end situation with Johnny Smith back healthy, but give me Stevenson a little bit and Myers a little bit. Yep. Um, I agree hundred percent. That's, that's what I'm looking at here. Um, I mean, that's really it. I don't really have a ton of interest um, outside of that. I, I think in large, large field tournaments, like if you're playing, I don't even, I don't have the tournaments pulled up in front of me, but if you're playing something like crazy with a hundred thousand plus um, entries in it, let's see. I, I don't even know if I would do this in the Millie maker, but like, yeah, the Millie maker has 207,000. So maybe this is like a Millie maker type of play. Um, or like if you're playing like the play action, the $3 tournament, I could totally see rolling a Mac Jones team out. He's not the cheap guy that I was going to mention, but he's got to play well here. Or he's going to get benched for the rest of the season. So I think he's got something to prove this week. If you want to play that card, I think you play him with Jacoby Myers or you pair him with Stevenson because Stevenson is so involved in the passing game. Um, but Myers is the guy that has the big target share with Mac Jones at quarterback. Belichick likes Mac Jones. I don't know what happened last week. It was awful. Um, like, I don't think they gave him enough chance either in that game. You know, pulling a quarterback in the second quarter is eh. Um, but I don't know. I think probably more play action tournament, hundred K to first 440,000 entries, um, type of tournament play Mac Jones stack, running it back with like a Myers and hoping for a two touchdown Matt Myers game. And maybe Mac Jones throwing a third touchdown to someone proving that like he can do it. Um, but large field only jets side of this game. Um, I think Michael Carter is going to be the guy. I, I know they went out and got James Robinson. I think they went out and got James Robinson. It's a six round pick with the potential of being a fifth round pick Yep. just to kind of be like a, a, a like a, a secondary running back here. Kind of what Carter was doing to hall. Um, they really didn't have to give up too much to get Robinson. Um, I don't know. Uh, I just, Elijah Moore doesn't want to be here. Garrett Wilson has a little bit of upside. Coughlin has a little bit of upside. This game kind of sucks. I mean, that that's just how it is. Like, this game kind of stinks. Yeah, it, it really does. And Robinson, I don't, I'm not as concerned about him cutting into Carter's role as much this week, except for on the goal line. Like, it doesn't take any time at all to learn how to run a halfback dive on the goal line. Robinson can certainly do that. So, I like Carter. I want to play Carter, but I'm concerned about the goal line role Robinson might have. Like, it might just be a way for them to, like, get him involved with the team. He's not going to have a huge role this week. I'd be surprised if he played even 30% of the snaps. But, I mean, if he has that goal goal line role, that's a problem for Michael Carter. Um, I'll probably still play some Carter and just hope that, like, 
I don't know if Ty Johnson enters the conversation again as a receiving back or if Carter just had a pretty decent role here in this game. But it's not a great game environment overall, like you mentioned. I have no interest in this wide receiver situation. It's Wilson if I had to play one. Uh, But really, it's just Michael Carter for me, and that's passing interest. Flacco threw 59-44 and 52 times in the three starts that he made this season. The defense was struggling. We have not seen Zach Wilson throw the ball more than 36 times. He has not thrown the ball more than 26 times in the last three games here. They've slowed down the pace a ton. New England plays slow. Uh, just this game screams play play some defenses, maybe take some shots on some running backs and move on. Uh, I mean, that's what this game screams to me. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to move on to Tennessee at Houston. 40 and a half total in this game. Tennessee, two and a half point favorites. We have liked cheap running backs all year, but Derrick Henry, there, just no one's getting his volume. No one is getting his volume, and he's getting the worst run defense in the league. This team allows 165 rushing yards per game. He's not competing with anybody for carries. Derrick Henry is going to absolutely smash this Houston defense this week. Like, he is going to smash them. They're going to give him 30 carries. He's going to run for 200 yards. He's going to score three touchdowns. He's going to outscore any other player on this slate by 10 fantasy points. He's going to smash this team this week. I can't make a counter argument. Somewhere Soccer (laughs) Dave is smiling big. Somewhere somewhere Dave Kitchen is is smiling. Um, Listen, I've been on Derrick Henry the last three weeks. He didn't score last week. He had a fantastic game last week against Indy. He didn't score. Um, If he would have gotten the end zone, he, he would have definitely got there. He looked great against Washington. He looks great. He's going to absolutely smash this Houston run defense this week. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I don't have any interest in the Houston or in the Tennessee passing game. Like Tannehill doesn't do anything for me. Their wide receivers are banged up. Robert Woods, like I, there's just no reason. Derrick Henry is the play. It's a smash. It's the the absolute best matchup you can get for a running back. They're giving it to him 25 to 30 times right into the teeth of the worst run defense in football. What more do you want? How do you play anybody else? Yeah. How do you play anybody else? (laughs) Tannehill threw the ball 20 times last week. And unless you're, unless you're stacking Houston for some weird reason, like Tennessee pass defense is terrible. Uh, And like, okay, if you're, even if you're doing that, even if you're stacking Houston, I don't know. Tannehill is not dealing like he's dealing with ankle injury. They're just going to give the ball to Derrick Henry, like direct snap 40 times. Um, don't even need Tannehill. We're just going to give the ball to Henry every time. Um, all joking aside, love Derrick Henry. No interest in the passing game whatsoever. Houston side of this game, love Brandon Cooks. I am going to play a ton of Henry Cooks combos this week. I don't need to play Davis Mills. Um, at 5,200, I don't hate it. I just don't think he has the ceiling. I think the ceiling really is just Cooks. Or I don't think I play Chris Moore. Nico Collins was another guy that I played a ton last week and got hurt. Um, but there's no chance that he's going to play this week um, with the groin injury. So if you do want to take some shots on Chris Moore, I don't hate it. But take shots on Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks, 5,900. 
in the dome in Houston. Yeah, love this spot. Yeah, I, I love your Cooks call. Uh, we had seen Nico Collins starting to start to cut into Brandon Cooks' role a little bit. But without Collins now, I mean, Davis Mills has shown he's comfortable with Cooks ever since he came into the league. Has gotten a massive target share. So love this call with Cooks. I don't know if I'll mess around with the cheap guys. Dorsett caught a touchdown. Like, I I don't know. I think Houston is going to be stubborn and try to run the ball at the beginning of this game because Damian Pierce is their best player. But Tennessee is has very clearly been a pass funnel this season, like a very good run defense, a very poor pass defense. Under 100 yards rushing per game. They're yeah, I, defense. like I don't think they're going to be able to have success running. Maybe Damian Pierce is good enough to overcome that, and they have a little success, and they just keep doing it. That just kind of kills the game overall, in my opinion. I'm interested in Damian Pierce just because he has caught a few passes this year. Um, he's actually been more involved in the passing game than I think anyone predicted. It, the price is coming up. It's a very, very tough matchup, but I think that's going to leave him pretty low-owned. Um, Cooks is the play for sure, but I do have a little bit of interest in, in Damian Pierce. I don't know what the tight ends, Brevin Jordan probably coming back. That probably take they're both cheap, Howard and Jordan. It, it definitely takes Aikens out of play if um if Jordan is back. I don't know. Howard, Howard and Jordan are both 2600. I don't mind a, a long shot on those guys. I think Houston is forced into pass eventually in this game, um, despite trying to run at first. But we'll see. I don't know. Uh, Brandon Cooks, for sure, a little bit of Pierce, just because I think that he, he still gets plenty of volume. And then maybe some Brevin Jordan. They got behind last week against Vegas, and they, they chucked a bunch. Um, but Pierce 41. is still involved when they do that. Yeah, I mean, Pierce is going to be someone that he could end up with five to seven targets in this game with 15 to 20 rushing attempts. Uh, just He needs a touchdown or two. At 6,300 with all the great plays that we have this week. I don't know if he gets there. It's not a bad play um, by any means, but Cooks is my guy. I'm going to play a lot. And the, the other problem with like playing Pierce is I really don't want to play like Henry Pierce combos. And I, and I feel like Henry is the guy that makes Pierce like playable here. Um, I just, I don't think I play Burkhead either. Even though, like, if the game script kind of goes that way, I could see Burkhead, you know, getting involved in the passing game. But they've been using um the other guy too. Um, oh my gosh, who's the other running back? Yeah, they've been using him. Like last week, they used him a lot too. So it's it's so tough to figure out this team. Just play Brandon Cooks or take some shots on like more. But I think Brandon Cooks is the obvious play from Houston. We're moving on. This game. Not the greatest. Giants and Seattle. 44 and a half total here. Seattle is a three-point favorite. Yeah, three-point favorite in this one. Let's talk uh, New York football Giants first. I mean, fantastic matchup here um, for both of these teams. Daniel Jones is the other cheap quarterback that I love this week. I hate, I hate the fact that he went berserk last week and he's going to get some ownership this week. But... I I don't know if we class he's 5700. I I still classify that as cheap quarterback play. Um yeah, I think under 6k is is definitely in the cheap quarterback range. Um Wondell Robinson baby. Yeah, Gosh, I wish really I missed like I wish I didn't have a couple things that I missed last week cuz there was a few things that I was on last week that 
was right. And Robinson was one of them. We, we talked about it a little bit in depth last week about how just he didn't play a ton of the week before and didn't run a ton of routes. The dude ran 23 routes and had eight targets last week in week seven. Like he is going to be the wide receiver one. Yeah, Hollinger definitely. got hurt last week too. He did. That was such a freak injury. And it looks like he's going to miss the rest of the season. Un- unfortunately. Um, because he was really starting to carve out a role. We did we had a, a in-depth conversation about this Giants wide receiver room, how there were plenty of targets to go around. Robinson looked like he was stepping up, and Bellinger was the other guy we touched on. Both of those came true. Now with Bellinger out, <laughs> I I don't know. Like Robinson is is an absolute smash. Uh, there is some weather lurking in this game. I looked it up Seattle, about a 90%. Dude. It rains. Yeah, it 90% chance of rain <laughs> for sure. Uh, wind in like the 10 mile an hour range, though. So nothing like to be terrified of. Um, and I do like the game environment, so I, I'm still interested. But just worth noting that we may see some rain in this game, but winds winds are kind of calm. I think you have to look at the Giants tight end room like Myrick is the guy who's been playing the snaps, but I don't know if he's just a blocking tight end. Um, I don't know. We'll we'll see what what comes up, like who they elevate off the practice squad and things like that. Tanner Hudson is there, and Cager I think is the other guy they signed off the Jets practice squad. Um, it could th- there's going to really be... mean more targets for Barkley at the backfield. Yeah, which is a phenomenal thing. Um, yeah, Barkley has had a fantastic role all season long. Um, I love him in this this matchup against the Seattle defense. Barkley is a fantastic play. He's expensive. We just talked about how how great Henry was. I think Barkley owned of those two, but he's he's still very much in play for me here. I love your Robinson call. I don't know if I'm on the Daniel Jones train just quite as much. Um, I know he ran for a bunch of yards last week but i think i prefer barkley um i i will definitely play some wandale robinson though that was a a great call there um agree that he's very clearly the guy i think slayton is in play too this the seattle defense has been horrible uh i i want some giants offense here i'm a little surprised that they're underdogs but like traveling across the country that makes some sense um but Seattle's been pretty decent too. So I don't know. I like the game overall. I, I don't love that there's some weather here, but I still think there's going to be plenty of points because we have two really bad defenses here. So Myrick didn't play more than 30% of the snaps in any games last year. Ran some routes, didn't have a ton of targets. Seems like he's more of like a red zone type of guy. Um, only six total targets last year. So. I don't know what to expect. He he only he, he had six targets in twenty routes that he ran. So who knows? Um, he had two had targets Ingram last week last year though too. Yeah. So, it, but Ingram was hurt a lot last year too. Yeah. So. The whole wide receiver core. Um. Uh, again, I don't want to overlook the fact that like Saquon Barkley is the play. Like he is yeah. just he he's his role is just so good. Um. You know we we talk about him every week, but he's one of a few running backs this year. Um, that have like an 80% snap share and, and like a huge, um, you, we're just not seeing that. Like for years there, there, we, we would get 10 to 15 guys that had this like, you know, 80% share. Um, and, and it's just not the case anymore. Like he has an 82.8% snap share, which leads the NFL 
He has an 84.8% opportunity share, which is the second highest in the NFL. Uh, This team runs the third most run plays per game at 33.6. So I think you don't want to overlook Saquon Barkley. Um, Fantastic. Let's talk Seattle. You know, Kenneth Walker is kind of moving into that like lead back type of role too. Um, You know, with some injuries here for this team with Penny. DJ Dallas is going to be involved, but he's really not going to be involved that much. Um, Walker is in a fantastic spot. The Giants can't stop the run. They're 30th in DVOA, and they allow the, the fifth most rushing yards per game. Love Kenneth Walker this week. Passing core, you're just going to have to see what happens. Uh, I mean, Metcalf, he participated in the walk around Wednesday. We'll see if he's going to play or not. If he's out, um, we'll see if Lockett's going to play. But I mean, if these guys are banged up, Marquise Goodwin is 4,400. He's super cheap. Um, I don't love it, but I definitely will have some exposure because I, I do think this game's kind of juicy. So it's all going to depend on some injury news here for me on Seattle. Yeah, definitely keeping an eye on the injury news in the wide receiver room in particular. Kenneth Walker is a smash. I think he's one of the best running back plays on the slate. I think he's in the cash game conversation. Price is coming up, but the role has been absolutely elite. Um, over 20 carries each of the last two weeks, found the end zone each week. Uh, he's he's very clearly the guy here. If they get behind, I'd be concerned he could get game scripted out because we haven't seen him get a ton of receiving work. Uh, zero targets last week, which is a concern, but he did have targets in, in all his games before that. So he's been involved before. I think it was just a little bit of an anomaly that he didn't get a target last week. But if Seattle ends up playing from behind, I, I do have a little concern. But um, Gino does not the, like dumping it off. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, that's a, that's a good point too. But yeah, Walker, and, and he's going to get, like, even if they're behind, like, we know Pete Carroll is going to continue to hand the ball off. So he should be in line for minimum 15 rushing attempts, which I think he can definitely pay off that price tag of 6,500 with that in this really good matchup. So love Kenneth Walker. I I'm surprised that DK Metcalf has a chance to play. Honestly. Um, I don't know. Like obviously I just keep plays. I don't think he does either. Uh, I think Lockett is more the one. DK is out and Lockett is in. Lockett at 6,500, one of the best wide receiver plays. I don't love that, that Lockett had the soft tissue injury. He was dealing with a hamstring. That's something that can get re-aggravated very easily. But this is a, a great matchup, and like he would see a massive target share here in this spot. So keep an eye on the injury situation. I, I love Lockett if he plays. I love DK Metcalf if he plays too, honestly, but I'm not sure what the status ends up being on either of those guys. Uh, Goodwin did have a, a decent role without Metcalf last week, so if Metcalf misses, I agree that that Goodwin is in play. You can look at the tight ends, too. Uh, just, can you, though? Uh, I mean, they don't have a ton of ceiling, and they kind of split the snaps. And sh- I don't know. They they do, but I mean... They I do think... run a lot of two tight end sets where they get you know plenty of receiving opportunity. Yeah, they, they've both been on the field a decent amount. They're both really cheap. Um, I think you play Fant for the targets and you play Disley for the touchdowns. Um, so that, that would make Disley like a more of a fan duel play and Fant more of a, a Kings play, but I don't know. Um, they're, they're cheap. This isn't a great tight end slate. Not, not, not a play I love or anything, but they're, they're both in consideration. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is interesting to me because, I mean, three catches for 30 yards and a touchdown is 12 points on DK. And, I mean, at 3,200 on this slate, I don't think it's the craziest thing. So, I think double-digit fantasy points from anybody under 4K at tight end this week is fantastic. So, yeah. Washington at Indianapolis taking the Colts 39 and a half total in this game. The Colts are a three-point favorite. I don't understand the total in this game. I, I get it with Heineke and um, Ellinger at quarterback here. You have two kind of fast-paced teams, two young quarterbacks. Um, I don't know. Let's start, let's start with Washington first here. Um, the Colts' defense is solid. You know, they are good against the run, decent against the run. They're decent against the pass. Um, what are we doing here in Washington? I don't know what to do with this game either. Like, I don't trust the quarterback play. Um, there are some cheap plays here. Uh, great call by you on Brian Robinson last week. Uh, there was some coach speak out there about Gibson potentially getting worked back in, but Brian Robinson had. Darn it. He got. <laughs> What's that? Oh, he didn't get the Gibson, touchdown. Gibson got the touchdown. Oh, Gibson did. Yeah. Touchdown, but you, yeah. Didn't you have Robinson's rushing prop or something that smashed? Yeah. yeah, yeah he cleared that by like that. 20 or 30 yards. Um, And just the sheer volume that he got was was interesting. 20 attempts still. Um, They just they ran the ball a ton. And that's because they were playing with a lead, which nobody, I don't know, really expected against Green Bay. I certainly didn't. I bet the green Bay spread on this one um, that didn't work out, but I don't with Heineke at quarterback. I, I think if they play from behind, which who knows if they're going to do because Indianapolis is dealing with a quarterback change. Also, I'm interested in this attack. If they play from behind, because we've seen Heineke be aggressive. I think McLaurin could see massive volume. I hope not. You hope that he's going to, he's going to get shadowed by Stefan Gilmore, right? There's no way they don't yeah. shadow McLaurin with Stefan Gilmore, right? Yeah, that's probably fair. Um, so does Samuel, that open Samuel's up? a guy that moves Samuel. all over on the port. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good call. Um, not not an angle I had thought of in this game. I, don't I mean, know. if I Dawson's just... back, like there's – okay. I thought about this before we started. I was like, if Dotson plays, McLaurin's going to get shadowed by Gilmore. I mean, there's no way that they don't – Gilmore – typically will take away the number one wide receiver on any offense. Like he, he tried to shut down Kelsey Sutton, um, a couple other people this season already. That's what Stefan Gilmore does. So, I mean, if Dotson plays, he didn't practice. He's dealing with the hamstring injury. If Dotson misses, man, I have so much interest in Curtis Samuel. And if Logan Thomas comes back, I have so much interest in Logan Thomas this week. Um, I don't know, man. Like, I don't think I like McLaurin this week. And I am someone that is, I am scary Terry all the way, but I really think this could be a week where Curtis Samuel has a big game. Um, if Logan Thomas comes back, I could see him having a big game. The Colts run defense is really good. 
doesn't seem like Robinson's going to be very involved in the run game. So like, I don't know if I want to play Gibson, even though like he was involved, like they used McKissnick too. Like, I, I think this is a Curtis Samuel and maybe Dotson if he, if he plays game. Yeah. The running back situation I'm, I'm not interested in. Um, not I, this I week. Yeah. Like it's a tough matchup. Robinson, like you said, he's not going to catch a ton of passes. I think that's really the McKissick role. Even like Gibson was involved four targets last week. Like that's fine, but it's too much of a split to try to target this backfield. Yeah. I mean, Samuel over McLaurin might, might be the play. Um, I, like I don't always look at quarter uh, cornerback wide receiver matchups, but I think Gilmore is one of the guys that does matter in the NFL. I don't know. I I don't think Dodson plays again. It seems like he's like hamstrings are tough for wide receivers. Um, I like I like the uh, tight end call though. Logan Thomas, I would be very interested in if he plays at just three K. We've seen this guy have a decent ceiling for a tight end. I'll have to like I was on McLaurin just because of Heineke and has been targeting McLaurin a ton, especially when they played together last year. McLaurin is a very talented guy who I think has just been given a bad situation this year. Uh, but you make some good points about Gilmore. So I'm, I'm going to look into this a little bit more. There's just a few shadow corners, right? That you have to respect how good they are. Um, a woozy from Cleveland is someone or yeah, Cincinnati, the dude from Cincinnati, a woozy. He has just woozy, been like, yep. yeah, he's just been absolute a stud this season. So like, there's just, there's certain guys um, that you're just super worried about when you're looking at Sertan from like, Denver has been another one. Uh, J.R. Alexander, you know, like, yeah. he gets Stefan Diggs this week. <laughs> we'll see how that works out for him. <laughs> um, but I mean, there's just, there's certain wide receiver cornerback matchups when it comes to like shadow situations. And I think Stefan Gilmore, like if Heineke peppers McLaurin, like, I mean, I already like the Colts defense. I like them even more. (laughs) um, So, yeah, I mean, I like Samuel. I think that's the guy I'm looking at here. But, I mean, let's talk this Colts team here. No Matt Ryan. um, Was it right shoulder, right? Something with a sprained right shoulder or something along those lines. Just being being old. Yeah, I I mean, (laughs) we didn't – I mean, I didn't think we'd see um, no. Sam Ellinger this season. And they they came out and said, like, he's going to be the guy for the rest of the year. Like, it wasn't just like, hey, he's going to he's gonna start this week. Like, they no. came out and they said that, like, this dude's going to be our quarterback for the rest of the season. And, like, the Colts are second in the NFC South. So, like, I don't know what to think here. They throw the ball the second most in the NFL – is he going to lock in on like Pittman and Paris Campbell? Um, is Jonathan Taylor going to get the rock a lot more than what we saw last week at only 56%? Like, what are we doing? Ellinger's 4K. He's 4K. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, the matchup's fantastic, too. Like, the, the matchup's fantastic. Washington's 29th in, in DVOA against the pass. Um, they are still dealing with a ton of injuries in the passing game. I don't know what to think here when it comes to Ellinger. 
Yeah, this is this is going to be ownership dependent for me. I don't know whether he gains steam or falls off the radar as the week goes on. He's obviously the the hot topic early in the week since they just made the change and everybody's like, "Oh, he's 4K." I feel like I we could see him kind of fall out of like the spotlight by the time Sunday rolls around. The thing that that is concerning for that is there's so many good quarterbacks missing from this slate that it maybe it's harder for that to happen. I don't know. I, I'm interested in playing him if he's not going to be 10% owned. Right now, we have him um, about 8% owned. If he stays in that range, I probably play a little bit. If he gets any higher than that, though, I don't like a chalky 4K quarterback who we just we don't know who his targets are going to be. Like, th- There's just so much unknown with this offense. He looked really good in the preseason. He's a guy that ran a little bit and had a ton of rushing touchdowns in college. I think there's fantasy upside here, especially in the matchup against Washington. He's obviously at a like minimum price. I think you could play him by himself if you don't trust Pittman. I, I think I trust Pittman. I think you could put um, Pierce and Campbell in there too. Uh, Paris Campbell is a guy who's kind of come out of nowhere and just had double-digit targets for two straight weeks. 4,500, I don't know that I trust that with the quarterback change. But, like, <laughs> I mean, you, you spend 8,500 on a quarterback wide receiver stack, how much do you really need? Like, I don't know. I'm interested here. I'm worried about ownership. I don't want to play him if he gets into the 10, 12% range. If he's in, in the 6, 7% range, I, I have some interest here. It, like, you can just do different things with the lineup. Like, you could pay up for Barkley and Derrick Henry at running back. Uh, if you if you stacked Ellen, Ellinger and Pierce or Campbell, like it, it's a, a great way to save some money, and I think there's some upside. I mean, could you? I mean, you could potentially play him naked. I think Pittman is my favorite here. Yeah. Um, the only the other thing that I just wanted to to bring up um, for this team is. Gosh, I wish they had like a consistent tight end that got consistent like targets and like snaps because like a, a young quarterback, um, I could see Hines getting a little bit more like if they're going to give Hines like 40% of the snaps this week, like very split backfield type, I could see him getting like seven or eight targets in this game. Just, you know, easy I, dump offs. I don't, I, I think, I think Ellinger runs too much, um, so I don't think I he hope he does. I mean, he's 4K and he has 100 yard rushing upside. Like that's the thing yeah. that's interesting here. I, I I think I like your tight end call better. I, I'd be concerned about him checking down for to, like we don't see Lamar Jackson check it down to a running back ever. Or like, it's just, just Campbell. He, he or runs. it's just Campbell. Or Pippen. Yeah, I mean, I think I, that's I fine too. Yeah. He's so cheap that I, I mean, you have to have a little exposure. Um, I think you have to have a little exposure to Jonathan Taylor this week just because he's going to be a high-end running back that's going to be overlooked this week. Um, Do we? <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, like I hear you. Line is just, it's not the same it's as so it was bad. last year. Yeah. Matt Ryan's just getting smashed, man. He was getting smashed. Yeah. Like, I, I feel bad for Matt Ryan. He got smashed. I, I think J- Jonathan Taylor is super talented. He's one of the best running back prospects that's come out in a long time. Like, he's Saquon Barkley-level prospect. But this, this offensive line is just bad, and I – I don't know. I've stopped chasing the Jonathan Taylor from last year. I don't think we see it again this year. Just the play quarterback Henry. Yeah, I mean, Henry, yeah, Barkley, yeah, with Henry and Bart Camara. I would rank all those guys above Jonathan Taylor. So Yeah, me too. By a lot. All right. 
last game, San Francisco at LA taking on the Rams. 42 and a half total here. San Francisco, a one and a half point favorite. Two of the slowest paced NFL teams, two of the better defensive teams in the league, um, ranking eighth and seventh in DVOA and 29th and 26th in pace. Starting with the 49ers, um, they got a shiny new little tool. His name's Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> He's going to have a full week of practice here this week. Um, He's 8,700. The only thing that I'm concerned about with Christian McCaffrey is what does he do to George Kittles? Um, look, I, I just Debo Samuel is Debo Samuel. Ayuk coming off of another big target game. I just with with the Rams really just not looking great on offense this year. Um, I worry about this game. I mean, we already saw this game. It was it was a 33 point game where. Matthew Stafford couldn't do anything. He threw the ball almost 50 times and just was terrible. Um, what are we doing with the 49ers here? Yeah, I don't know. This is tough because McCaffrey entering this this offense definitely takes away from role. Like you'd think Debo Samuel sees a bit of a decrease in rushing. Um, maybe that raises his target share, and that's Debo a, a might not even him. play. He really if that he hamstring. Yeah, yeah, that hamstring might be like a real concern yeah i mean if debo's out i think you have to have some some level of interest gotta in play IU. kittle gotta play oh, kittle. and kittle too yeah yeah mccaffrey can get a ton of targets though too i like we we saw him with a limited role last week i think he mixes in quite a bit this week i would play mccaffrey before i play jonathan taylor um like if mccaffrey plays 65 percent of the snaps he's underpriced at 8700 uh, obviously we haven't seen him with a ton with Jimmy Garoppolo, but Garoppolo is the type of quarterback that will check down to his running back. We know that, that Shanahan has had massive success with running backs, running backs. Now you put a, a first round running back in there behind in this offense. Like McCaffrey has massive upside if he's going to play 60% of the snaps. Um, not, not a great matchup against the Rams, obviously, but I don't know. I'm I'm interested in in some of the San Francisco pieces, a sprinkle of McCaffrey just in case he he plays a ton. I like Kittle. The price is coming up. Um, I don't. I feel like I've gotten. I was ahead like that that switch in the targets and have had some success with Kittle, but now I feel like he's appropriately priced for his role. If Debo is out, I think that that goes back into Kittle's favor, and you can definitely play some Kittle. Ayuk's price has come up too. Like I don't love the pricing here for this matchup, um, but I do have some interest in the San Francisco side of this game. My favorite play is probably um, Ayuk. If if we if we don't get Debo this week, Ayuk, he's just gonna have a large role, um, and I, I definitely don't mind Kittle. Christian McCaffrey is expensive. I would probably rank him below. I think I have to rank him below Derrick Henry and Barkley this week, just because of like, we yeah, know I the roles that. that like those two guys are going to have. And I mean, they're, they're cheaper than him too. Um, and they're in the better matchup. So I, I don't know. Um, I I would I agree with you. I'd rank, I'd rank Christian McCaffrey. If we're looking at like the high, the five highest priced running backs on the slate, cook, Taylor, Barkley, Henry, McCaffrey, McCaffrey would be third. I'd rank him ahead of Taylor and cook, but I would definitely have Barkley and Henry um, above him. Looking That's at the Rams. Well. 
look at the Rams side of this game. They had a bye week, right? Like a bye week couldn't have come better for the Rams. Um, they needed it, but I, I think you have to play Cooper Cup this week. Um, I know he's ninety six hundred. I know he's super expensive. We're looking at fifteen plus targets this week uh, against this tough defense. Cooper Cup is just—he's just going to be peppered, peppered, peppered with targets. Um, Higby is someone that I like at tight end this week. He's someone that has touchdown upside. He's someone that has high target upside. So definitely like Higby. I think this game is going to be very competitive. I know that it was like a nine to twenty-four game. I think the bye week is going to help the Rams' offensive line get a little bit healthier. I just. I think this is a game where you're looking at Higby, you're looking at Cooper Cup, and that's really it. I mean, am I missing something here? Like, I know, isn't Van Jefferson supposed to be back to play this game? Oh, I hadn't even seen that. Um, yeah, he's off he was the IR. To return. On, yeah, on track they still to make his three... season debut. Yeah, okay. Uh, I know because they have like three weeks. One, once you activate them from IR, like they can practice for three weeks before you have to like officially put them on the active roster. But yeah, I, I see that report you're looking at there. Um, expected to make his debut. So I don't think that like it's not going to take me off a of Cooper Cup. I, we have to kind of look at Van Jefferson, right? Like it's 3K. Allen Robinson hasn't, yeah, Allen Robinson hasn't done anything. Scourneck has been involved, but like he's been a yeah, fullback if, at times too. If you give Van Jefferson the the targets that um, Scronick was getting, Scourneck, yeah, yeah, like five to eight targets at three K on a team that throws sign the ball the fourth most in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, sign me up for that. Yeah, I mean we got I mean, we got to mention very Van Jefferson. Yeah, and uh, like the other thing is, look at this running backs room. Like Cam Akers is whatever; he might be traded by the time this game goes down. He's not Darryl playing Henderson another game. Is on the, no, not for the Rams for sure. Henderson hasn't been practicing; it's an illness. He's probably fine by Sunday. But their backups are Malcolm Brown and Ronnie Rivers. So, like, I don't, I don't know if like Henderson is interesting. I suppose it's a disgusting matchup. But we've seen him be involved in the passing game. I I kind of think San Francisco puts it to him again, uh, even though this one's in LA. I think San Francisco is just a better team. Um, add McCaffrey now to the mix. If Debo is out, maybe maybe I come off that stance a little bit. I just the the Rams are in trouble right now. Like their offensive line is bad. Their running backs room is a mess. Like it's Cooper Cup. Like I totally agree with your plays. Cup and Higby are smashes. Uh, I think Van Jefferson is in play because of the 3K price tag just in case he gets the scour neck roll and sees a, even if he saw a 15% interested at 3K. It, like I I feel like San Francisco should lead this game. They're only two-point favorites. So what what you say makes sense. Like It's kind of a greaser side of this. Um, but yeah, Cup and Higby are smashes regardless of game script. Jefferson because he's cheap. I think you can look at Henderson if he's if he suits up. He's fifty five hundred, but e- even just going to the running back situation again, even last week when Hendr or two weeks ago when Acres was out, Henderson didn't play a full complement of snaps. They worked in Malcolm Brown and they worked in Ronnie Rivers. So I don't know. The running backs room is a mess as well. Um, yeah, Cup and Higby. Enough said. Yeah, he played like seventy percent of snaps, um, which was 
higher than I thought it was going to be after everything that you heard. But bye week definitely allows it to be more of a a 50 30 20 situation. Um, you know, we'll we'll see. Maybe Henderson is uh, in a tough matchup too. Like you don't even have to mess with it because the 49ers just don't let running backs run. So, I mean, that's why I like Cooper Cup. That's why I have interest in yep. Van Jefferson and Higby. So, all right, let's play the morning grind game and then we will get out of here. Um find a pen so I can write this down. We did okay last week. We we were okay. I'll just say that. We were okay. We didn't have the best um we both got crushed on our quarterback wide receiver stats last week in the morning grind game. We, we our tight ends for touchdowns oh, killed us. I had Joe Burrow, man. I mean, yeah, you had Burrow for 300 plus yards. <laughs> you didn't have him for your 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 quarterback wide receiver stack for a touchdown was Carr and Adams last week. So yeah, I had Dak well, and Adams CD, put up eight. So. Adams put up eight for ninety five. I mean, that's not enough for his price. I'll give you that. Still not and a touchdown, the touchdown for the game though. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, give me a quarterback that's going to throw for 300-plus yards this week. Give me Tua. He's going off against Detroit in the Dome. Love the love the spot for the Dolphins passing game. Yep, I um, I don't hate that one at all. I, I like to go cheap usually for this because it's fun, but give me Kyler Murray. Um, I hate this question this week. I like it. absolutely hate it. Yeah, it, it is a really tough question. Yeah, yeah. low owned uh, okay. running back for a touchdown this week. All right, maybe I'm hedging my my field's take here. Um, and you made a great point about Herbert's red zone role, but David Montgomery and going into Dallas, the Bears still have the second lowest pass rate over expectation in the league. Montgomery's still going to be involved. Uh, I feel like either him or or Herbert finds the end, end zone this week. I'm going Montgomery. All right, we played this game on Wednesday night. And right now... I was going to ask you that before I gave that answer, actually, because if Tony Pollard, if Zeke Elliott gets ruled out, Tony Pollard goes from, like, zero projected ownership to the chalkiest... I was never letting you choose Tony Pollard, ever. No, I'm not saying that, but... No, what what that will (laughs) do, though, is all these guys that are, like, 12, 13, 14% owned right now go to 8%. And then they're all in play. So this question, like right now, there's no great running back plays under 10%, what we have projected. But if we shoot Tony Pollard's ownership up 40%, then all of a sudden there's a ton of great low low running back plays. So I, I didn't mean to ask you that question before before we gave our answers to this. Because right now it's it's pretty dry out there for low on running backs. But if Pollard yeah, starts soaking up... Yeah. He's going to definitely soak up some ownership. But mine is Derrick Henry. And not only is he going to score one touchdown, he's going to score three touchdowns. And I really hope he comes in at 8% owned. Um, Derrick Henry's not going to be 8% owned. Where are you seeing that? <laughs> I'm seeing it on the Roto Grinders projected ownership. That's wrong. Drafting. <laughs> drafting. I'm just telling um, you. I'm saying. I will. <laughs> I knew I th- you were going to give me no, so, no. The blitz has him for twenty eight percent. Just so you know, yeah. That's all right. Closer. No, it's that that that's not. Anyway, I knew you weren't going to give me Derrick Henry. So give me um, Tyler Algier from Atlanta. He will be five percent. <laughs> yeah, 
I had a backup. I, listen, I had to. I had to see if you'd let me have Derrick Henry. Um, I did say three <laughs> touchdowns. Like, what if I take Derrick I mean, Henry and three touchdowns, and then I'll give you that. Like, if that, he doesn't score three, no, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he's gonna be popular. I mean, hopefully he's not, but we'll see. Um, give me a quarterback wide receiver combo for a touchdown this week. So I'm concerned about injuries, and I wrote this down assuming that Metcalf was going to play or was not going to play. Um, I have Geno DeLockett written down. I just, I like this game. I'm going to play some. Obviously, to keep an eye on the injuries, this this could end up looking really bad in a couple of days if Lockett misses a few more practices. Um, but I, I really like the Geno DeLockett stack, especially if Metcalf misses. I like it. I am going Daniel Jones to Wandell Robinson for a touchdown. I like that. Um, wide receiver for eight plus targets. Who do you got? Yeah, DeAndre Hopkins came back to an enormous role. I think they were forcing it to him a little bit just to get him involved in the offense, but this this guy should be a lock for, for eight targets every single week um, with no Marquise Brown there. They're, they're clearly not in love with Rondell Moore. They've weeded AJ Green out of the rotation altogether. Hopkins is, is the clear alpha here. Eight targets every week. I'm going to go Curtis Samuel. I like him I for it. eight plus targets this week. Yeah. Stefan Gilmore yeah. on McLaurin. I am buying into it and I'm going with Curtis Samuel. I originally had DJ Moore written down uh, for what it's worth. I like that one a lot too for what, for that, what it's worth. Give me a tight end that scores this week that's not named George Kittle. Uh, I'm going to go Irv Smith. We love this Vikings-Cardinals uh, game environment. Um, Arizona's actually been really bad against the tight end position. Uh, I think years. Irv Smith can get in luck. Yeah, long time. Which is crazy Ooh. because they have talented safeties and linebackers. So I don't understand Arizona's struggles against the tight end position necessarily, but I'm just looking at the numbers and – or Smith has a good chance to score. Assuming he plays, I'm going to go Pat Faramuth. Um, just gosh, yeah, I love that one. young quarterback, tougher matchup. They should be trailing. I mean, it looks like he likes Faramuth a lot, so I'm going to go with him. Give me a defense that scores 10-plus points this week. I'm going to say that we see – a similar game in San Francisco, um, the Rams. I know it's in Los Angeles this time. That probably helps them a little bit. Um, I just, the Rams are a mess. I, I like San Francisco's defense to put up some points here. Stafford has been prone to interceptions all season long. Their running back room is a mess. I think on in this game, San Francisco, an opportunity uh, for sacks and picks. So I like San Francisco's defense. I don't hate that um, at all. Um, I I really worry about this team moving the ball now that Brees Hall is out. Give me the Patriots defense. I think the Jets might struggle to move the ball a little bit this week. So I'm going to go Patriots defense. Bounce back week for them after just getting smashed by your boy justin fields like they have been a team that has a really high sack rate and they get after the quarterback they have an interception in every game except for miami in week one um so give me the patriots defense here against the jets all right um this year we added some betting to the morning grind game we actually did really well in the betting picks last week um 
we both missed our over under, but outside of that, I think we had everything else. Um, favorite player props. We crushed sleeper. We both hit our uh, money line against the spread picks. Um, oh no, you didn't. You had Green Bay. Sorry, I did not mean to do that yeah. to you. But um, <laughs> well, I mean, come on, Green. If Aaron Rodgers can't go beat Taylor Heineke. Come on. <laughs> as yeah, a as a whole, I, I was, we <laughs> we did. Good. Yeah, prop, props were good, huh? I said as a whole last week we did good, so you're fine. Um, yeah. Yeah, my my money line and over under. Um, I, D- Dallas just didn't throw the ball, and and Aaron Rodgers and the Packers are not very good. So, zero and two on my my money line spread bets, but two and zero on the the props. All right, uh, let's go to favorite money line against the spread. Um, anything standing out to you here this week? Yeah, I mean, this might be a homer pick. Chicago's getting nine and a half points, and I think they they found something on offense. Like they had some time to work on it. They had probably the worst offense in the league. Nine and a half points is a lot. I, they're the team that plays slow. Dallas showed that they were would also be willing to play slow, and their pass rate was way down last game with Dak. It's actually been way down the entire season. Like Dallas is not playing at near the rate that they were last season. Maybe that's due to Dak's injury. I, I see this as a lower scoring game. I see Chicago being able to hang in there um, on on the back of their running game. Um, if if this game gets out gets to two point two two scores out of hand, the Dallas pass rush is going to be a massive problem, and this could blow up in my face. Um, but I see a slow pace game, and I see the Bears playing it cautious and running the ball a ton. Um, I think nine and a half is is too wide, and they can keep it closer than that. It's funny. I'm going Homer as well. I'm going Miami minus three and a half. I think I don't understand this line. I know this game's in Detroit. They've scored six points in the last two weeks. Um, Miami on, on turf with this speed. Give me Miami minus three and a half this week. Uh, favorite over under. What do you got this week for your favorite over under? So I was going to give you the option to take your Miami boys but since you went with them on the, the money line I'm guessing or on the spread I'm guessing you're not going with them on your over under I love that Miami Detroit game um, I hope that Armand Ross St. Brown plays in this game we get the, DeAndre like Swift back yeah I mean if St. Brown and Swift are in there we've seen Detroit be able to keep up in the past um, we know Miami's going to score points you just talked about how much you love their offense on, on in this dome on, uh, I think this is a track me over 51 go back to the first game that we talked about arizona minnesota 48 and a half i'm gonna go over in that game i really like that game it screams shootout to me uh so it was between that game and the saints game for me this week and um i kind of like the under in the jets game as well the patriots jets for what it's worth but i'm gonna go my official pick with Arizona, Minnesota over 48 and a half. Um, Arizona, Minnesota player? was my backup that I had written down just in case you wanted the over in Miami, Detroit. So same right, page. We're on, the, we're on the same page. Um, player props. There's not a ton out yet for the show this week. Um, sites have been putting them out later and later. Is there anything that you saw um, that you like? Yeah, I, I saw Josh Jacobs over 83 and a half rushing yards. Um, New Orleans is a defense with a great rep- reputation, but this Josh Jacobs role is has been absolutely incredible. 
He's going to get 20 rushing attempts here. Uh, New Orleans is not a great team. Like you mentioned, doubt they're going to make the playoffs. Decent chance uh, Las Vegas can go down there and play from ahead. Even if they don't, I still love Jacobs to get a ton of carries. Uh, 83.5 is a little bit too low, in my opinion, for the role that he's been having. I couldn't find this in any sports books yet, but sleeper, I'm going to give out two sleeper player props instead of doing a, a player prop because I'm going to, I'm going to write this up as soon as I see it anywhere. Cause I think he's just going to smash, but I'm going to go Derek Henry over 97 and a half rushing yards this week um, on sleeper. So we're going to give out a three for pick. We're going to go for six X this week. We're going to try to help someone turn whatever they like to bet and make six X this week. So I'm going to give out my two. I already have Keith. So I know what he's taking. So I know I'm not taking one of his, but I'm going to take Derrick Henry over 97 and a half rushing yards and DJ Moore over 58 and a half receiving yards. Uh, Keith, tell the people what you got this week. Yeah, I, I love both of yours. I, I was looking at both of those as well. Um, A.J. Brown, over 66 and a half receiving yards is the one that I'm on. This Pittsburgh defense hasn't been very good. Um, Brown been the clear target here for, for Jalen Hurts. Um, alpha wide receiver, 66 and a half receiving yards should be, uh, seems like it's, it's just too low for the number one, offense, number one option in this offense. So give me A.J. Brown over 66 and a half in a good matchup. All right, just post that. If you're in the Roto-Grinder squad, you can easily easily hit copy this contest, um, and you'll see it if you're watching this live. Or if you're listening, um, you can jump in on that. But, yeah, I mean, I I love those props. I'm, I'm hoping we get a nice little 6X. That really put us up on the, on the season. So, Keith, any uh, final thoughts before we get out of here? No, I don't think I have anything else. Um... Keep an eye on injuries, obviously, still. Um, Seattle wide receivers in particular. A couple other things we're still keeping an eye on, but should be a good slate. Another slate where I think you can get a little weird at quarterback. Tua, man. I might play Tua yeah, in cash. I might I might just bite the bullet and go Tua Tyreek in cash this week um, on my main team. Uh, I just... I don't know. I like him a lot. Um, it's a phenomenal yeah. spot, right? Like the best we've seen all year is Detroit at home. It, if Detroit's offense is healthy and can keep pushing in that game, that that should go nuts. That game has sixty plus point per like point upside. If if Detroit can keep up, um, yep. The other like yeah, I mean that's really it for me. Um, I'm going to be overweight this week on Daniel Jones and, and Robinson. I really like that combo this week. So going to be playing a bunch of that. Then to wrap it up here for week eight, um, we'll be back tomorrow talking basketball and uh, hope everyone has a fantastic weekend. We'll see you again next Thursday.